You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumer. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumer. Uh, Mary, I listen to the full hour plus of the president's phone call with Secretary of State of Georgia, Raffensperger. And what I I need to know from you, who do I go to see to get that hour back? (laughs) I was going to say, you're a better man than I. Yeah, what's worse? I couldn't have listened to an hour. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So what, what, what do we even say about this? So first of all, um, where does Trump get that crazy information? I know that we're normal people and we don't like watch OAN or are not on those crazy Twitter, Twitter feeds, but he had some very specific information. Okay, so in case anyone doesn't know that's listening to this, which I can't imagine, let's give some background. Do you want to do that since you listened to an hour? Oh, of it? I get. Oh, okay. I get to give the uh, background. Okay. You do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is exciting. So, on not yesterday, the day before. So on Saturday, President Trump, along with his chief of staff Mark Meadows, along with several several lawyers, including a woman we didn't even know was one of his lawyers, but she uh, she shows up. But who's they been get, designated as a prominent Republican attorney? I don't know what that has. means. Does I, she work for Jones Day or something? Because well, I've not never heard her name, but yeah, I I have designated her a prominent woman who had not had the opportunity to get poop all over her before. <laughs> so she's going to take that chance uh, uh, chance now. So. They all get together and they place a call. And any of us who have been like in business, we know how this works, right? Okay, listen, we're going to put a call in to uh, Brad Raffensperger, who has the good sense to bring his lawyer along to this phone call because he's been through this before. And his lawyer is a man by the name of Ryan Germany. And I think there's another person there in Georgia that I'm not sure about. So they set up this phone call. And so so let me interrupt you just a minute. Yeah. Hadn't Trump or his people tried multiple times to get through to? Yes. Okay. I thought I heard that reported. Absolutely. And you remember there's lots of, lots of stuff's going on. Uh, And they get into this phone call and the point of the phone call, this is not John Paulette making this up. The president of the United States says this directly is to persuade Secretary of State Raffensperger to, I'm going to quote the president, recalculate the vote. That's his work. And the president's position here, back when I was an English teacher, I might have called this a thesis statement, is we actually won the Georgia election by a couple of hundred thousand votes. We had a convincing uh, vote, uh, victory there. But I don't really need to win by a couple hundred thousand. I only need 11,870 votes. And that, if you could only recalculate the vote by that amount, 
then I would get your electoral votes. The fact that the Electoral College voted weeks ago or that all this has been certified, that doesn't make any difference to the president. And, and so the Georgia, that, I, winning Georgia wouldn't change Biden's victory, no, right? Okay. No, no, no. Uh, the president does say, well, we've got several other states coming coming out, uh, so it's all going to be good. I That's roughly it. Now, this might have all just receded into the mists of obscurity they deserve. But the president, who can never leave well enough alone, tweeted, I talked to Secretary of State Raffensperger, this is before the tape has come out, and asked him a lot of questions, and he didn't have the answers to my uh, uh, questions, and he's a great big screw-up. This gets under Secretary of State Raffensperger's skin, and he tweets, that's not true. The truth will come out. And he releases the tape. So and did then, so was it him? He it was obviously Raffensperger that taped it. And is it but someone in- clearly in his office? And the reason I think it was him is he says so in his tweet that the truth is about to come out. So of, you think the reason that they taped it. And I don't know what the law in uh, Georgia is, like only one person to, needs to know that a conversation being tape right. recorded, but taped it. So in case this happened? In case this happened, because he's gone through these phone calls before and he knows that Trump will lie about them, which yeah. Trump did. He right. got on the treat and he lied about it. And so the whole information comes out in what I have to say was, you know, as a podcaster myself, was really a beautiful quality tape. Yes. This, there was no uh, Richard Nixon, you can't understand it. This thing was, (laughs) this thing was crystal clear. And so for an hour and some minutes of mostly a monologue, uh, Raffensperger rarely speaks, Trump goes on and on and on. Is that roughly the background? Of, yeah, of I mean, I didn't listen to the whole thing, but I listened to a lot of it. And I was surprised about the quality of the tape recording. I agree with that. And the other thing is, and this is what I started to say, what was he talking about? He had all these stupid, specific incidents, including someone's name, and when I heard it played, I think on CNN, they were bleeping her name out or covering what? up her name. And then I thought, at first I was like, he was calling her an effing bitch or something. And then I realized, no, that's a person's name that for privacy's sake, they have decided not to use the news media, yes. which is probably smart because she's probably already getting death threats uh, from people who know her name, who listen to wherever Trump would have got the information about suitcases and uh, all this other crazy stuff he was saying was really insane. And I can fill this in on who this woman was that he identifies as being a political operative. Everybody knows her. She's a nefarious, nefarious character, apparently. You know what she really does? She runs a little kiosk that sells purses in a shopping mall. That's who she is. And she volunteers to uh, help uh, count votes. She's a, a citizen. She's, uh, so she, she comes in. 
And what happened? They counted votes all day long. Everybody had to go home at night and come back in the morning, but they don't want to leave the votes out on the table. So they take a set of suitcases that were there for that reason so that they could put them away. They lock everything up. They put it away. They come back in the morning. They open them up. All of this is on video. But Rudy Giuliani's group goes through and re-edits the video to make this look all nefarious. And it focuses in on this incredible character, the lady who sells purses at the uh, shopping mall. She's the bad one. I'm not making this up. So all of that being said, the question, and I know you sent me this article first thing yesterday morning from the Post, because they were the ones who got the tape. And my first thought reading through it was like, okay, this is Trump. So even though this feels like intimidation, maybe extortion, what's going to happen to the guy? Nothing, which is what always happens to him. And maybe it would be a ho-hum. But, you know, now I'm starting to wonder about that, John. I did see this morning um, that the attorney general of Georgia is saying, well, really, this needs to be referred to the local prosecutor. So two members of Congress have now asked the FBI to investigate. And then that's super interesting because then... Um, one of the TV lawyers, Neil Katia, uh, said, maybe we really should be looking at an impeachment, which sounds crazy because Trump will be good, but gone. But the real penalty of the impeachment is that you are not permitted to run again. Right. And do we think that Donald Trump should be allowed to run for president again? In other words, do we trust the American people to allow Trump to run for president again? And I thought it's interesting because it reminds me of the conversations that were had after the transcript of the Ukrainian call came out. Because, you know, normal people, regular people, lawyers, government people, and just citizens are like, this is a really bad thing he did. And yet the Republican Party, who among them has come out and said anything? Maybe Ben Sass. Yeah, and that's and that's all the more we're going to hear. And, you know, there is in the middle of this a real link between this recording, the president, and what Ted Cruz and, and others are doing supporting him. And, and I'm going to do a little bit of philosophy here for our listeners who hate it. When I go back to philosophy, this is a good time to turn off the pod, podcast because I'm going to give you just a, a bit. I I pulled, I not only listened to the whole thing, I pulled the entire transcript of the call. This is from President Trump. But they are shredding ballots, in my opinion, based on what I've heard. And they're removing machinery and they're moving it as fast as they can, both of which are criminal fines. Now, what I want you to notice is he is making a statement of fact that is so important, he's saying it is criminal that they are shredding ballots, they're removing the machinery. And what does he base that on? In my opinion, because I think so. 
So we have now these big allegations just simply on the fact that I heard it. Another place in the transcript, he said, this is what we are hearing. So keep that in mind. Go now. I have transcripts all over the place in front of me here. Go now to Ted Cruz and his statement, along with Ron Johnson, of why they need to challenge the election on Wednesday. They have to challenge it because of the allegations, unprecedented allegations. They say, you know, it's important everything be fair. It was hard fought. However, now I'm quoting, the 2020 election featured unprecedented unprecedented allegations of voter fraud. Not evidence of voter fraud, not anything we can see. Just somebody said so. Somebody said so. Somebody has an opinion. So we should disrupt the whole thing. There is something fundamentally wrong when we say, I can assert as matters of fact and evidence something the Congress should look into simply because I heard it from somebody, and that's my opinion. To me, that's the crumbled structure underneath all of this. That's a really interesting analysis of that, because as you were talking about that, I was thinking about how um, when I've had clients who say, oh, could they sue us and sue me for that? I say, well, anybody with $100 can sue you, meaning you can get into court on the allegation. But to get beyond the allegation, you have to have proof. And that's why we have hearings and we, you know, force uh, witnesses under oath and we look for the documents that would support a claim. And here in this situation, Trump has had 60, 70, 80 opportunities to get into courts and have the courts review the evidence, not the allegations, but the evidence supporting that allegation. And not one piece of evidence has emerged to support his claims. So you go back to what you said about Ted Cruz, Holly, I don't know if Johnson is a lawyer or not, but let's say Ted Cruz, right? A Harvard-trained lawyer. And for him to do what he did yesterday, so I think he was on Fox with Bartiroma and say, well, this is the allegation. So we have the opportunity, we have the right or the responsibility to look into the allegations. No, you, if those court cases had provided any evidence at all, then maybe Congress could say, we're not going to certify the vote, the electoral college vote. But as a lawyer, he should step be stepping back and saying, wow, there is nothing there. So I'm gonna let the process, it's kind of like what Chuck Todd said to Ron Johnson yesterday, which is you're the arsonist, you started the fire with these allegations, and now you want Congress to be the fireman. I thought well, it was a really I, good analogy, actually. I think it's a great although analogy. Although I, I did think Chuck Todd was like ready to jump to the TV and pound the crap out yeah, of him. Yeah, so did I. And, and I have to give credit on this one to George Conway, uh, the husband of Kelly Ann Conway, as people know, but a conservative, but uh, simply against Trump. And he suggested it's like this. You came into my house, you invaded my house, and you took stuff away. Your defense is you thought it was your house. Why did you think that? Well, some people told you it was your house. 
Ted Cruz told you it was your house. And so I'm not guilty of invading your house because a lot of people allege that it was my house. And actually, in my opinion, and from what I've heard, that's probably my house. I wow. think the analysis is right. You, wow. You know, I've said before, Daniel Patrick Moynihan, everybody's entitled to their own opinions, but they're not entitled to their own facts. So, John, I know it's time for us to go, but I cannot believe what an interesting week. And before we had to talk about this, I was thinking, oh, we'll just talk about what an interesting week this is going to be. But this week is amazing. We have the Georgia election tomorrow, which I'm going to make a prediction. First of all, we're not going to have the re answer tomorrow because there's so many absentee votes. But I, I'm going to predict that the Democrats are going to win both those spots because of the Republican Ooh. shenanigans. That's my okay. prediction. Before I call you crazy, you're the same one who said the Cleveland Browns were going to win yesterday. <laughs> win resoundingly. <laughs> so interesting. All right. There's so much more to talk about about this, but I've got to look around the house here and see if I can find any other votes. I'm trying to get to 11,870. Good luck with that. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.